In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on TogiNet. I am Ron Colick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me, my co host, psychic investigator for the New England Ghost Project, the Queen of Pain, Maureen Wood. Hey, how you doing? Good. Why are you on the call in line? I don't know. <clears throat> Uh, I was looking for the number, and I called in, so I'm here. Well, hopefully we can get our guest, though. That would be a good thing. I asked Ashley if she wants me to call back. I will. Uh, so, how you been? You sound really good. Um, Actually, I feel, I don't feel too bad. It's just my voice is going now. Yes, and that's that's really good, since we have our first <laughs> book launch on Friday at the Conquered Colonial Inn. I know, huh? Yeah, it's like I'll be talking to myself, which is good, because then I can just say whatever I want. Don't have to worry about, oh, no. Yeah, I, I could, you know, walk tall, carry a big stick. Yeah, all right. So, anyway, uh, you all right? I mean, it's, you feel all right, though, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, uh, we're, the book is out. It's doing well. And we've got a couple of nice reviews on Amazon. So if you like the book and you purchased it, go on Amazon. I don't know, another one or two. We certainly won't refuse that, will we? No, we won't. <laughs> so anyways, uh, as we mentioned before, our, our first uh, book launch is on Friday at the Concord Colonial Inn. If you would like to go, it is free. Uh, we'll be giving a little talk, or maybe I'll be talking. and should be just standing there. But anyway, uh, that is... From 6.30 to 8.30, and you can call the Concord Colonial Inn and uh, register because it is free, but you do have to register. So come right. on down. I'd like to know how many people are going to show and, you know, hors d'oeuvres and seating and so forth. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seating, they get to sit? Yes, they get to sit, I believe. Oh, I, I, I don't have to. I mean, I can't, so what's up with that? Yeah, well, that's okay. It's only you, Ron. No, I don't think so. <laughs> So anyways, uh, we actually, uh, I, I did an investigation on uh, Sunday night with uh, Coy and Janet from the Ghost Project, which is very, yeah, that go? very, very interesting case. Uh, it's up deep up in New Hampshire, and uh, a lot of things going on. I, I, this case has got me a little perplexed. Uh, why is that? Because there's... 
I don't know. There's, there's something going on here. I'm not quite sure what it is. I think there's a. I know there's more than one spirit there, but uh, I don't know. It's, now, what's going on? I mean, is somebody getting hurt? Is there someone getting? There's around? a couple of young, young, uh, young boys that are being terrorized by some entity. They have the night terrors. Uh, there's uh, some people. They see people uh, in the windows and stuff and. Yeah, a lot of weird stuff going on. And the family happens to be direct descendants of the Bell Witch family. Now, how do you know that? Because we did a genealogy. Oh, I'm just I'm just curious. I'm just playing the devil's advocate, for lack of a better word. Uh-huh. And just kind of, I'm just curious. Well, you can be curious. Okay, just, so you did yeah. a genealogy. Right. Okay. Now, why don't you remind our listeners about the Bell Witch in case there are those logging in that aren't aware. Well, why don't you do that since you do that so swell? Uh, not a good time. Uh, I just did an entire show on Tuesday night by myself, so I'm not in a real talkative mood, to be honest with you. <laughs> Great. That makes for good radio. <laughs> someone with a voice that's starting to fail and someone else who doesn't want to talk. Hey. There you go. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, for those who don't know the, the Bell Witch, it uh, happened in Tennessee, uh, where this family comes from. I'm trying to log into the chat room as I talk, by the way. Well, why don't you just speak first? No, because I have to do this as well. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, the, the family, Bell family was haunted for three years by this creature of undetermined origin uh, who seemed to be, uh, goal was to kill John Bell and to break up uh, the marriage of his daughter. And the witch, or whatever this entity was, uh, accomplished it. So, there you go. That's, that's lousy. What's lousy? I mean, you didn't get into any of the details. Those are all the details I know. Okay. If you know any, feel free something to speak. about wasn't there something about voices, uh, hearing the words that were going on from like over in England or something? Or yeah, well, the Bell Witch actually was able to uh, uh, hear pretty much everything that was going on in the town. They heard all the gossip in the town and everything else. But um, you know, those that was just secondary. The main thing was the, the goal was these two things, which it did. So. There you go. (laughs) So anyway, uh, what? Oh, by the way, also on uh, Saturday, before I forget, is I will be at the uh, Drake at Old Homestay. Uh, Hopefully, it's not going to be raining, and I will be doing something there as well. So, uh, if you can't make the one on the Friday at the Concord Colonial, you can come visit me at the uh, Drake at Home Day. And also on the 23rd, we will be doing a book signing at Circles of Wisdom, our favorite store in mm-hmm. Andover, Massachusetts. Andover, yeah. Yeah, so we're excited about that as well. And in uh, the 19th, we are also doing a uh, investigation, a ghost hunt for benefit of the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse, and that is that. Portsmouth Lighthouse and Fort Constellation. So. All right, very cool. 
Yep. And you, you sure that guest can go through that phone call? I can't tell you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe mm. I will ask Ashley here. That would be a good idea. Uh, hopefully they have a couple of lines anyways. But our guest today is actually going to be Linda Zimmerman, who is the ghost uh, investigator. Uh, she has investigated a, a ton of places, uh, has written eight or nine books. And, uh, oh, we don't want that. And um, she just completed or is working on a ghostly travel guide, which is really cool. She's working on a ghostly travel guide? Right. Now, um, I'm kind of curious. I know that she's a great speaker. Um, she really gets the crowd, you know, going. She talks a lot about um, going to her different events and different... She does some investigating, doesn't she? She does. She does a lot of investigating. And uh, that's... She started uh, on the library circuit. And um, also, she... Well, she started doing, you know, people wanted to hear more and more. She originally was history, and then she started doing more and more of the ghost stories because that's what people wanted, and then she started investigating, and now, as I mentioned, she has eight books out. So. Now, I remember her doing a talk, and I'm hopefully she'll be on shortly to kind of confirm, but didn't she, she said one of the craziest ones, this is when she had given her talk, but one of the craziest ones was when she had done some kind of sanitarium that she investigated some kind of um, sanitarium somewhere. Is that true or no? Not really sure, but why don't we ask her since she just called in. Linda, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hey, Linda. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, yeah, terrific. i got a co-host that's got laryngitis, and I'm just <laughs> tired. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't well, feel I'll, like I'll, talking. Oh, I'll well, I'll see if Linda. I can bring enough energy. <laughs> you need so energy we're, counting, we're counting on you to, like, carry us through here. My pleasure. <laughs> so I was talking a little bit about you. Uh, you are uh, the ghost investigator. Yes. Uh, you, all your little books have campy little covers on. I used to have campy little covers on when I saw them. <laughs> and they still do because uh, I keep getting requests for more campy little covers. Yeah, they that, just that, want you to raise your skirt a little bit higher, Linda, I think. Hey! <laughs> That's because you look so show. good in a skirt. I'm sorry. I'm a woman, but you you look very good on the covers. What can I say? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know. I'm just, must be the cold, cold medicine. <laughs> Well, now that we have that out of the way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, okay, I, whatever. I expect, anyway. that for, I expect that for me, not for you. <laughs> anyway, Linda, I was just mentioning something because I'm kind of curious. And um, Didn't you, when you were doing a presentation for us a few years ago, did you mention that one of the craziest ones you'd gone to was at a sanitarium? or? Yes. Um, actually, a couple of... Uh, of institutions have been, uh, I find them the most disturbing, but uh, the Rolling Hills uh, Asylum up, oh, near, yeah. up near Buffalo, mm-hmm. that, was, uh, that was one of the most unpleasant because that was, that was personal. Um, you know, you encounter things, sounds, and even if you see something, it may not be interacting with you. It may not feel personal, but I, I, I actually felt personally attacked um, at uh, at Rolling Hills. Really? Yeah, it wasn't a physical. It was it was uh, 
It just felt like a very uh, unpleasant male uh, energy um, target that liked to target women. And uh, afterwards, I I just mentioned to the owner, well, what happens on this floor? You know, I didn't say what had happened. She says, oh, uh, that that place, you know, women... Women always complain of feeling attacked by a by a male entity, and I said, "Well, you know, you can you can add my name to the list." So that was wow. that was very unpleasant. Yeah, well, thank God that he wasn't in human form, you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's what he did in life. So you know, I always say, death doesn't improve your personality, and uh, you, you tend to do the things you you did when you were alive. So that was that was one bad character. Well, you know, let's hope it improves my personality. <laughs> oh, yeah. How could we approve upon such a thing? Oh, my God, Linda. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, anyway, you are in your eighth book now? Uh, nine just came nine. out. Oh, Volume my gosh. nine, yes. I, I, I can't believe it. And already wow. collecting stories for Volume 10. There's wow. just. So many cases out there, and I, I really, you know, maybe I'm biased, but uh, <laughs> since I wrote it, but I really like this latest volume. There were some, there were some amazing cases um, that uh, I, I'm very excited about. Now you travel to each site, correct? Yes, yes. Um, I, I find that you know the best, the best cases, uh, the best way to tell a ghost story is to experience it, if mm-hmm. possible. So um, on occasion, I will write about a place if it's no longer there or you, you can't get access. If I think there's good, credible eyewitness testimony to back it up, um, but for the most, I'd say 95% of the cases um, are things I've personally investigated. Okay. Now, now, now uh, any any hopes for making this a box set? A box set. <laughs> Are we trying to get a well, discount run? Well, have to be a big box for nine of them. Um, well, ten. I mean, you know, this is nine, 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 and you know, the Beatles did it, so why the hell not? You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> oh that's God. right. Well, actually, volume one was a collection of four smaller volumes. When I first started, I thought oh, I'll just put out kind of like a seventy-page booklet, you know, because I, I really didn't know there would be any interest in that. And um, when my first one sold out in two weeks, I was like, hmm, (laughs) maybe there's an interest here. So I did a few more of the smaller volumes, and I said, now this is getting ridiculous. So I put them all together into Ghost Investigator Volume 1, and um, it's it's taken off from there. But I'm thinking someday, uh, maybe after number 10, of just pulling out my favorite cases and putting them all in one volume. Now, Linda, before we continue on, is there a website you'd like to give out or information for contact info? Sure. You can go to ghostinvestigator.com, and that will have uh, contact information where you can get in touch with me, um, submit stories, you know, uh, ask me if for potential cases to investigate. And um, really? I also... I'm also on Facebook, and the link to that is on my homepage of Ghost Investigator. So you're something like Dirty Jobs, right? <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, like Dirty Jobs. Yeah, suggest, uh, suggest a dirty job for the Ghost Investigator, and that's right. she'll be there. 
<laughs> Somebody's got to do it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, know, you know what's you know what's what? funny, uh, Linda, is is that we we are so so far behind in our investigations. It's unbelievable. Uh, I wish there was a network where we could just uh, you know pass on some of these cases because we just can't get to them all. It's ridiculous. You never realize how much haunting stuff was out of there until you get into it. That's exactly right. When when I first uh, got the idea to to do a book, I thought, where am I going to get enough cases to fill an entire book? And like I said, here I am with enough stories to start Volume 10. It's wow. It's remarkable how many homes and businesses and you know, restaurants and inns and and B and Bs are are haunted. It's it's far more prevalent than I had ever expected. So, Linda, what are some of the locations that you said that this one to you is seems to be special, your favorite, right? A little bit as far as nine or volume nine. What are some of the locations that you brought into this book? Well, probably my favorite is um, a museum called the Columns, which is in Milford, Pennsylvania. And its claim to fame um, is they have on display the flag that was placed under Lincoln's head when he was shot at Ford's Theater, and it still has Lincoln's bloodstains on it, which is... That's weird, because I was just talking to someone about that. Oh, really? Have you been there? No. How did I... Oh, you know what? Maybe I was talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes, you are tired, Ron. <laughs> yes, that was probably me who told you the story. Um, yeah, it's a remarkable, it's a remarkable little museum. Um, but I, I think that flag is probably up there with some of the most famous flags in American history. But um, they don't think Lincoln haunts the place. Um, they think it's a woman who um, who never lived there, but. After death, all of her belongings were donated to the museum, and she seems to have come along with them. Really? And um, I think, Ron, I had told you this when I first walked into the, the building. I, I, the best way I could describe it, it was like a paranormal pie in the face. It was... Yeah, I thought that was funny. It was You're just... You're kidding me. <laughs> it was just stunning how as soon as I walked in, it was like, Wow, here, here, all this activity um, just kind of hit you. And again, this was another personal one where I just really felt this woman. She just knew everything about me. Um, she just, she could, she knew. She was very interactive, very conscious, very intelligent. Knew who people were. And I was telling my friend Mike, who um, he's a cop that I've been investigating with for for many years. Um, I, I just kept saying, she knows who I am, and, and she has proof, proof of it. And I'm thinking, what, what proof does she have in a museum? But I heard, like, the rustling of skirts, you know, I don't know, call it taffeta or whatever it was, you know, mm-hmm. that those old-fashioned skirts that made all kinds of noise when you, mar- when you walked. Yep. So I followed that sound into a back room, and there were some file cabinets. And I was like, all right, maybe there's a some evidence I'm supposed to find in here. So I opened a drawer, and it's filled with hundreds of articles and, and newspaper clippings. And I'm looking, I th- there's got to be 10,000 articles here. How am I ever going to find this? Well, not even 10 minutes later, I pull out an article. There's my name and website 
describing no yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> describing me as a paranormal expert who uh, investigates haunted places in the area, and I was just I was just stunned. I I still can't believe it. Uh, out of all these ten thousand articles, mm-hmm. you know, I pull out one that the one that happens to have my name on it. So. Yeah. That's too funny because, you know, you, you tell people this, and, and even yourself, you sit there and you go, you know, someone's going to say, oh, coincidence. But, you know, that kind of coincidence is, to me, so rare. You know, it's not even a coincidence. Right, right. I mean, I heard a sound that drew me back to this room. You know, I just had that gut feel. There was something in there she wanted me to find. Um, you know, if I had written this as, as a novel, people would say, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that blew than me fiction, away. Right? Stranger than fiction, for yeah. sure. Wow. Hey, so Ron, are you alive? You there? Yeah, I got caught waiting coming through. Oh, God. It's an exciting night for me, you know? Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, you know what's really funny is uh, I did uh, on Sunday night um, WHAV in, in uh, Haverhill, which was kind of cool because I did it with Mark May, who was our producer of our old show. So that was that was kind of fun, and uh, I think I've talked myself out. And then, of course, uh, Tuesday night show uh, with uh, Richard Felix, he gets stuck in traffic, so I talked for a solid hour by myself. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to listen today. <laughs> oh, really? Are you? Enjoy it while you can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Linda, you have actually, uh, is, is part of a new book you're working on, I believe. You visited a place that is dear and near to me, which is the Sprague Mansion in Rhode Island. Yes, I did. Um, I was treated quite royally there, which I very much appreciated. Um, they, they opened the doors to the, to the mansion for me. Um, the book I'm working on is, it's a tour book of historic sites across the country that have some ghost stories. Um, one of the number one questions I've been asked over the years is, you know, people want to know where they can go to experience haunted activity. And so I thought I would put this together with places open to the public. And since I have a passion for history, I thought, well, let me, ne-, because that would be a very big subject, um, I thought I would narrow it down by doing sites with historic significance. And um, even though I was there for just a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon, um, there is an interesting uh, atmosphere to the place, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, going back and doing an in-depth investigation. So if uh, maybe we can arrange a joint investigation sometime. Oh, that would be fun. That would I be would really love cool. to. Are you going to wear your short skirt? Guys, I, no, I could do that. that time, <laughs> hey, you went down that road, so I think I might as well add that in. People would be disappointed if I didn't. Well, you know, I'm just saying that if anybody saw the cover, they'd understand what I was saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, led, you led us down this dark and narrow road, so. And you just I, were more than happy to take it. I blame you. <laughs> now, Linda, I have to ask you. Um, you say that, you know, you're picking up impressions. Let me ask you this. Have you, as you've investigated, and, and the more investigations that you do and the more books you do, do you find that you're sensing the spirits more? And if so, how? 
Uh, yes, definitely sensing them more. Um, I, I think everyone has psychic ability. It's just a matter of how much you pay attention to it, how you try to cultivate it. Um, and when you go to these locations and you do it 10 times, 50 times, uh, yeah, I'm probably well over 100 cases now, mm-hmm. you, it's, it's like anything else. You develop that ability. Um, hopefully you develop that ability. You're paying more attention. You, it's, a, it's a sense you're refining. And um, I really, as of a couple of, couple of years ago, I really noticed it was the whole the whole sixth sense was kicked up a notch. Um, I still try to be very scientific in my approach, but I've learned to appreciate the other aspect and respect that ability when something comes up. I mean, obviously with this, this columns where I find an article with my name on it because I feel someone is drawing me to that area, mm-hmm. how, how can you deny that as, as a piece of evidence? And exactly. So, um, yes, I think I think it's just something we all have, and you exercise it enough, it's going to get refined. Now, um, when you say that you felt drawn, I mean, is there a feeling you experienced physical? Was it just something like a thought came into your head? It was. She was one potent spirit. Let me tell you, um, it was. It was very, she's a very compelling person. I, I don't know how to describe this. I felt it as, as if she was almost like shouting in my head, you know, like, come on already, you know, you, you have to come. I really felt drawn, compelled, however you want to. She was very insistent, and as I said, it was very personal, and it just, she was not to be denied. You couldn't sit there and ignore her. She was a definite in-your-face, you-have-to-do-this-now-follow-me type feeling. So that was one of the strongest um, uh, such examples I, I think I've had. You know, it's interesting because when you say when you walked into the building, you know, it was like that pie in your face, right? Right. Like she knew everything about you, and evidently she did. Exactly. Um, I, you know, and I don't, it wasn't that it was anything special about me. I think she just has the ability to, to read, you know, to read you like a book, um, right. whoever was there. So very, very potent spirit. Um, I'm looking forward to, I think it's October 2nd, I'm giving a presentation there, and I'm wondering mm. <laughs> how distracted I will be during it. So, oh, You'll have to report back to us and let us know what happened. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's funny, they're actually um, going to have costumed historians there to talk about the different characters uh, related to the house. So it's going to be a little bizarre meeting the character of this woman. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, that's what Ron always talks about, right? Trigger device? Mm-hmm. So it just may be very even stronger than the last time when you went. That's, Great. that's right. When we went to uh, Gettysburg <laughs> uh, with Richard Felix, he went and dressed up as a Union soldier and went up uh, a little brown top. And, uh, uh, well, well, 
that's the music. So we're going to have to take a break, guys. So uh, hold that thought, and we'll be right back after the following messages on Net, uh, Pararex, and beyond. <laughs> the vault is open. You're listening to The Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com backslash news. Good evening, I'm Chris Balzano and you're listening to The Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly journey around the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. The ghosts are out again at Croxton Park in Liverpool, England. In a report from the Liverpool Echo, a security camera at the Edwin Country House has caught a spirit for the second time this year. This ghost, which appears much like a person whose head is bald and reflecting the light, moves across the screen for more than 30 seconds. It closely resembles an orb with a cloak attached to it and appears transparent. According to the article, quote, One theory among mediums is that the figure may be the ghost of former resident Hugh William Osbert Monix the seventh and last Earl of Sefton, who died in 1972. You may remember we covered a sighting in the same location last March. Stop by the Ghost Village news site to get a link to both sets of footage, and you can see for yourself. Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen may have left their X-Men personas behind, but they are still performing together, this time in the stage classic Waiting for Godot at the Theatre Royal Haymarket in London. Stewart got more than he bargained for when he signed on. He may be a veteran of the English stage, but the actor has seen his first ghost in a theater. According to the Telegraph, the actor is said to have witnessed a man in a beige coat and twilled trousers just off the stage as he was coming off. The ghost is thought to be John Baldwin Buckstone, who was the actor-slash-manager of the Theater Royal Haymarket in the mid-19th century and a good friend of Charles Dickens. While he did not skip a beat during the production, Stewart later said he was, quote, impressed by the off-scene spirit. Nigel Everett, one of the directors of the theater, said Buckstone, or whoever may be watching the plays from the afterlife, usually views comedies when they are performed. Lastly tonight, it may not have been a real ghost, but one spirit in India caused more suffering than any we've ever reported. In Bayrambore, five young men scaled the wall of the Ithar Senthal High School Hostel, which separates the male and female quarters. The area was in the middle of a power outage, and the boys went door to door scaring everyone they saw. Thinking they had seen a real ghost, and one that had been reported in the dorms before, the girls suffered a disproportionate response. Quoting a source from the Times of India, one girl, Pratima Basque, whose age was not revealed, fell unconscious and was rushed to a local hospital. She was declared dead on arrival. Five other girls were hospitalized. Authorities are still trying to sort out the details before any other action can be taken. That's the news for this week. Make sure to sign on to Ghost Village's news site to check out these and other stories at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. 
Jack. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet, Pararex, and beyond. Uh, that is the Pararex stream is working. Uh, <laughs> our special guest today is one of my favorite persons, <laughs> Linda Zimmerman. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have to admit something. Uh, Linda and I do disagree on certain things. Oh, really? yes, violently. Yeah, and that would be the New York Giants and the Patriots. <laughs> yes, Ooh. yes, that is something we will carry to the grave with us, I'm sure. <laughs> and if, if by any chance they happen to have a repeat and they both get in the Super Bowl this year, this year a major bet will be happening. Yes, yes, it will. Uh, uh, a we we don't need Las Vegas. We will we will wager amongst ourselves. There you go. <laughs> go Patriots. So, go Giants. Go Big Blue. <laughs> my dying don't, voice. <laughs> don't know what that has to do with the paranormal, but uh, it's there. Hey, Anyways, um, so I I remember always remember that when you first started this, you were always talking about the history of things. Right. And then people wanted to know more about the ghost. So, exactly. Right. You and and you also... A ghost. Pardon me? Did you say ghost? A goat. Okay. Moving right along. Um, <laughs> Drugs again. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so that all goes back to history and the paranormal being hand in hand. And when you're talking about the paranormal... You're talking about history, basically. Exactly, and that that really needs to be part of your investigation. And I think uh, for a lot of groups starting out, they they don't look into the history of the location perhaps as much as they should. Absolutely. Now, Linda, uh, let me ask you a question. As far as with all the hauntings, you said that there's been well over a hundred that you've investigated, correct? Yes. Um, out of the 100, what's the average that you've noticed was more of a residual haunting versus a interactive? That's a very good question. Um, I think for the cases I've done, the vast majority have been interactive, um, which may be just part of my process of screening process mm-hmm. um, because there seems to be more evidence to be gathered if someone calls me and says once a year the door slams and I hear a woman scream. That's very interesting, but it's something once a year. Right. Um, and residual ones can be very interesting, but the the interactive ones seem to offer the investigator the best opportunity to gather evidence. So um, it my my statistics may be skewed because those are the ones I am drawn to investigate. But I think there's probably a much higher percentage of residual hauntings um, than are reflected in my work. Now, have you ever been concerned with? I mean, we get this question quite often from our listeners. Um, have you ever concerned with having a spirit follow you home? Uh not so much follow me home as um, uh, affect me very deeply. Um, or, you know, some of them are pretty bad characters, as I said, the, like the Rolling Hills one. That 
that kind of had me shaken for a couple of days. And, and then just the sadness, you know, of some of these murder and suicide sites or other, you know, you're dealing with such tragedy. Mm-hmm. So those can be emotionally disturbing. Um, I've, you know, whether it works or not, I certainly hope so. I just kind of do a little mental thing where, you know, shields up, nobody comes home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, when I get home, I do simple things like, Throw all my clothes in the wash and take a take a shower and just mentally try to clean up and disconnect. Um, because you know you were joking about dirty jobs. I mean, you know you are crawling around in basements and attics and uh, abandoned buildings. So um, it's it's a good idea to just clean all that off and and try to break from it. So um, and, and I never bring anything home from a haunted site. Um, I'll never forget the story where someone told me they were at an abandoned building where someone had died, and they thought, oh, let me take a brick home with me. And they're driving along. Oh, boy. They're on a bridge, and they feel this presence in the back seat so so strong, they actually stopped the car on the bridge and threw the brick into the river. (laughs) (laughs) I got a better better one for you. Up at uh, American Stonehenge in Salem, uh, New Hampshire, I was interviewed when I first started the uh, uh, paranormal. Uh, yes, well, I didn't start. I'm not like Al Gore. I didn't fit the internet. <laughs> uh, but when I first got involved in the paranormal, uh, I was interviewing a, a woman up there for a, a TV show, and she told me about these two little old ladies that uh, came back, and they were uh, they had gone there one day, and they came back the next day, and and they left the rock there, and. They said, we don't want this rock. We took it. We shouldn't have. She says, why? She says, we took it home. Then all of a sudden, there was a nine-foot Indian in our living room. So <laughs> keep it. We don't want it. We don't want it. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. May I use that in my, my new tour book? <laughs> that's, it, it's that's a good place. That's, uh, you, uh, you ever want to know anything about it, I certainly would love to meet up with you and uh, tell you. Because uh, I spent the night over there. I was, in fact, I was the first paranormal group ever to spend... Uh, the night on the main site overnight. Oh, well, we will definitely have to talk about that because I do want to include that site. Now, I, let me ask you, I, I feel that this is uh, quite an ancient site. What What's your impressions on it? Uh, it's very commercial. Well, it, it is now, but uh, I was there, oh, many, a couple of decades ago, and it wasn't yeah. as well-known and commercial. And I know they've done some reconstructing, but... Um, it, it reminds me in Putnam County, New York, which is not too far from me, there are a lot of cha- stone chambers which appear to be very ancient. Um, so I have a feeling somebody on this continent, um, maybe a few millennia ago, or at least many, many hundred years ago, were building stone structures. Um, I don't know what... You know, it's it's supposedly. I mean, I know they've dated some of the megaliths down to about four thousand years, but the problem was the site was uh, ravaged so many times, right? Uh, that we really don't know. I mean, there's supposedly anything and everything from Indians, Phoenicians, lost monks, uh, Vikings. You know, you name it, they're all there. So right. It's, it's extremely. It's a it's a hodge hodgepodge. Uh, we do have a, actually a chapter in our new book, which is out, Ghost Chronicles, and uh, not so much about the uh, 
sight, but what Maureen took home with her. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, and, um, you know, a, a guy who used to do the sacrificial offering. Um, it really wasn't a very good feeling either. I mean, we really, you know, it's, it was odd. and It wasn't really being smart on my part, but we were walking around during the day doing interviewing, and it just, and he kind of clung on to us, and I guess evidently from, who knows, from having the ability to move around because he certainly came with us. Oh, no. How did yeah. you get rid of him? Well, um, if you want to find out, oh, find out. Find out. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, well, I'll get on Amazon.com as soon as I hang up. <laughs> oh, my God, Ryan. Actually, it was, it was quite interesting, and, uh, uh, but we, we did shake him thanks to my special blend. So. Oh, my God. And it was, <laughs> you know, it, it was while I was driving, so he was trying to channel through me, and it really was not a good situation. Oh, no. I'd yeah. never channeled before while I was driving, and I wasn't about to start, it, although it came very close. Oh. Now wow. you tell me. I know. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was bizarre to say it. That was one of the strange ones. Yeah, yeah that, that kind of reminds me of um, I was at a site where a woman had uh, died in a fire, and I did not think it was accidental, but the family did. And um, as I was leaving, there was a... a I put my gear bag in the car, I went to close the door, and there was a muffled scream in my car. Ooh. And I I didn't want to get in the car and drive away. I'm like, am I bringing her home with me? Am I going to be driving down the highway and she's going to scream at me? Uh, wow. So what would you yeah, do? That was, so I just, I just waited about 10, 15 minutes and said, you know, Please get out of my car. <laughs> You're just too kind. <laughs> you know, please stay where you are. Uh, and uh, fortunately, I got, I got. She didn't come with me. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if uh, if it, something was in the car with me on the way home. I, actually, I mean, I'll tell you. Ac- actually, Richard Fe- Richard Phillips came over here and he, he told the story how he brought one home himself. Really? Yeah, and he had to, actually had to take him back and uh, open the door and say, "Get, you know, get out of here." So it was uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, there's uh, several cases. People think they they can't go home with you. Eh, wrong. Yeah, you know, I would say that it's not, you know, not really prevalent. But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Oh yeah, no, I, I'm I'm sure it does. As I was saying, I think I'm lucky or whatever I'm doing is is. I'm certainly not inviting them, and as I said, right. I don't take anything home from a from a site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it and it does. I mean, it happens. We've even um, there was one place we had been at in Connecticut, and I think it was Connecticut. When we walked out of the building, I went to go get something out of the car, and I had my keys. You know, you have your palm on your hand flat out, and my keys were just kind of sitting in my hand. And on my way to the car, you know, the alarm started going off. My my lights were flashing, my trunk opened, and I was like, what the heck, you know? And I just, I really think it was more I was going to the car to get a protection for people traveling, like a, a prayer you can say for protection. Uh-huh. And I just think it was messing with me, you know? It wasn't too happy, the fact, because I was getting, the owner had asked me for that, some kind of protection, and it just happened that day I had written up a prayer that I had taken down from somewhere that was for someone who was driving, like a traveling prayer. Right. And so I just think it was the Spirit's way of, you know, basically telling me I was sticking my nose where they didn't want me to go. Right, right. Too bad. 
Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You have the advantage because you're still alive and... uh... (laughs) And they're not. (laughs) And they're not. Yeah, that's what I actually tell a lot of people who feel that they're... Their lives are out of control in a haunted building, but a lot, you know, in a haunted house, but a lot of them feed into it. And, you know, you try to tell them, hey, you have the advantage. This is your home. You're still alive. You know, take control of the situation. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate that some people are just driven out of their homes because of the activity. You know, what's funny is people don't realize how much the spirits can do. I mean, uh, I had a case that we were doing uh, on Sunday where uh, a couple of young boys were being tormented by some spirit. And it, the funny thing about it is that they're direct descendants of the Bell Witch from uh, oh. the school. But when I went to go, my keys disappeared. And I couldn't find them. I had to borrow my wife's keys to, to get there. And then when I came back, they were right there in clear daylight. Oh, interesting. That? I think not. <laughs> yeah, hey, there you know there's there is there's so much and and as you say Ron, you know, so many people they have this misconception that they, you know, physical objects can't be moved or um, you know, different activities can't take place and you know, if you've gone out there enough, you know that certainly things can happen, but as you say Linda, you know, you really need to go in with the the attitude that you have the strength and you know, you're the one in charge. Right. Right. Yeah, and and uh, what what you were just saying there, a little further on that, I always tell people that ghosts can do everything a person can do, and then some. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so never never underestimate. I, I agree. And, you know, you had mentioned earlier, too, um, about uh, Maureen asked you whether you ran into more residual or interactive uh, or intelligent haunting. And... Uh, it, once, once again, Richard Field, I, I, I keep mentioning him because I just finished three weeks with him, so I, you know, he's like in my mind. But he had written a new book, What is a Ghost? And he believes that, for instance, England has more residual hauntings because of all the stone and everything else. They're more uh, embedded in the, in the, the uh, stone, granite, and water, and so huh. forth. Where the United States has less of the, uh, because the, we don't have as much stone buildings and castles and stuff as so he thinks we have more intelligent hauntings over here, but that's that's his opinion. So, right. Yeah, well, you never know. I mean, that could have something to do with it, or maybe in England they just don't like to talk to anybody, so they keep quiet. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we and like but to I talk fi- things out in the United States. Right, but I, I find some places have both. Um, right. A lot of places have both as well. Oh, they do. He, he's not saying that, but he's just saying it's more prevalent over there. Right. Because the, the longer a spirit is around, uh, you know, well, it actually makes sense. I mean, if you do move on, the longer period of time you're dead, then the more chances of you moving on, I would assume. I would hope. Or maybe yeah. your energy fades. Who knows? So right. maybe uh, since they have 800-year-old hauntings over there, maybe a lot of them have faded to uh, residual Um I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's all it's interesting. It's all conjecture because we really don't know until we pass. Exactly. You know, I mean, there are a lot of that. There are a lot of mediums and spirits that uh, you know will tell you this is that, but I mean, that's still no matter. They can never tell you that for sure. I mean, they only can tell what they believe. 
Right, and, and you know, you do this long enough, just when you think you have an idea of what's going on, along comes some case that just blows everything else out of the water and, you know, oh, sets new standards. So um, I, I think the, the, uh, the art or science of ghost hunting is always redefining itself. I think when you go ghost hunting, and I think you probably do, and I know we do, is you expect the unexpected. There is no norm. Exactly. Exactly. Every case is new and different, and, um, you know, if you go in with a preconceived set of notions, you're, you're, you're limiting yourself. So go in there and say, okay, let's, let's, we're ready. Let's see what happens now. Now, now another... Another thing I did mention before, I know you worked with the police detective, uh, Linda. Right. Uh, I actually uh, know a, a forensic uh, photographer who, whenever there's a murder or a death, uh, he goes in and he takes all the pictures. And oh. he is telling me for uh, uh, thousands of cases he's done, or whatever the number amount is, I, I really can't tell you. Uh, uh, he's never caught anything in his camera. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That certainly is, because he's actually taking pictures of the bodies in the crime scenes. Right. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that phenomenal? I mean, you, you, go, you go on the internet, you're going to see a thousand pictures of, like, oh, this ectoplasmic mist at a, at a car accident was this the spirit, or, or this fire, and they'll have the smoke, and then it's like, and he has done this all his life, and uh, never gotten anything. Yeah, oh. but you know what? How do you know? Maybe he did get something at some point, but just dismissed it as light or something else. You know what I'm saying? Uh, does, he, does he believe in ghosts? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does believe in ghosts. Oh, so and, then maybe and, and, he would be looking then. He's, yeah. so, he's so disappointed that uh, he's never caught anything. Because we've had this big discussion. And I mean, I, I think a lot of it uh, goes, I think, to the cameras as well. I mean, you know, of course, he's going to have a top-of-the-line camera, right, and, right. and your top-of-the-line camera is going to catch less of your orbs and everything else, so naturally you're not going to get any orb anomalies and that type of stuff with a, a real good camera. I know Laura tells me the same thing as well. Uh, so, you know, it, it's interesting, but does that mean that someone with a lesser camera is not catching something paranormal? No, not necessarily. But is it uh, also proof that it's paranormal? No, not necessarily, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Right. It, it's unusual, um, but who, who, some people, it just, it, they, they just, I don't know, it seemed to attract uh, some kind of photo. So maybe it's the sensitivity of the person. There you go. As well. Maybe. That, that, that's an excellent point. Because the more you do something, then the more the other side or, or the other dimension or the other level or the other vibrations are aware of what you do, and, and if they want to make themselves known, but as a psychic, you know, if they know that you, you, they can see you, hear them, smell them, whatever, then it's certainly going to appear to them than rather than someone who's never has experienced anything in their lives. Or right. I mean, this person who's actually doing it, and you bring up a valid point, you know, the person who's that, um, the forensics photographer, I mean, at the moment he's taking those pictures, what are his thoughts? His thoughts aren't trying to capture spirits. His thoughts are actually focused on the physical, focused on getting the evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily anything paranormal. So right. where it's not just sensitivity, maybe it's also your focus. I mean, 
yeah, sometimes people just take pictures and happen to get it. But if you're going to a location and your intention are to, to look for spiritual energy, maybe that helps attract it as well. Yeah, that's Good point. Good, good point. point. The question is, we really don't know. And right. that's the whole bottom line of this whole discussion. We really don't know. And as far as we are experts in the field, we really know very little. Yeah, I, uh, it's nobody is a real expert, and ghost hunting is not a science. It can be approached in a scientific way, oh, but we don't know enough yet. There is not a textbook on if you do A, you will get B, and it will equal C. Right. It it just it, it is not there yet. I hope someday um, it will be uh, a science, but. Uh, We'll keep doing our best, and uh, maybe someday we'll we'll have a textbook. What's interesting is is maybe not our laws of physics apply to the the other side or, or the other dimension or whatever the area is that they can uh, they dwell in. Uh, you know, maybe all our, our our truths, you know, the the Einstein theories and all that, maybe they're not real in that dimension. Not that they don't apply. Right. That's it. It seems to be um, clearly they're they're operating by a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. So it's going to make it extremely difficult to prove it. I would imagine. Um. <laughs> I, well, I I don't know the, the number of things that have it's it's it depends on your definition of proof. I have right. certainly interviewed enough credible people and have enough experiences of my own. That proof isn't even a question anymore. Um, it's it's trying to collect enough solid evidence that you can show other people and say to them, you, you know, here now make up your make up your own mind. So right. But the, the whole thing is is everybody's reality is in their own eyes. Right. So I mean, if you you've got a picture of a ghost and you you know it's a ghost and you saw it as a ghost when it was there and you show it to someone who's a total Skeptic in their minds, it's not a ghost. It's a fake. You've done yeah. so, right, right, right. So right. I mean, it, it's all yeah. of a, a a view of reality, each personal reality. Right, right. Yes, the the hardcore skeptics. I mean, if a ghost came and pushed them down a flight of stairs, they'd say, "Oh, I tripped." Exactly. So, uh, you know, and then there are on the other end of the spectrum. Um, you know, I get these people who think there's a demon in every corner of their house. Uh, right. So we we try to walk the middle ground, <laughs> and, and it's not easy. But uh, yeah, it's I agree. It's it's you know it's the the way you're talking about doing it is you know do your investigation. This is what we got. Uh, we can't explain this, this, and this, and you make up your own mind. Right. Right. And if you can match it to something that happened on the site, you know, the history of the location, right. um, you know, the, the scientific evidence you get from your meters and cameras, the eyewitnesses, you build the best case you can and, you know, don't, don't try to force it down anybody's throat, but just present it and say, this is what I got, mm-hmm. you know, you, you take it from there. So one of these days, we definitely have to hook up and uh, do an investigation and yeah, I'd love to get to the, the Sprague Mansion. Um, maybe, uh, maybe in April. Um, I was talking about going back up there. Uh, we can 
we could definitely hitch up with that uh, if Maureen's around. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Good. Good, yeah. I, I see a podcast. I smell a podcast. I know. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, would, you, would that be something you would do live? Uh, we could. We, we, we uh, about two years ago, we did a live broadcast uh, video cast from the Sprague Mansion as part of a, uh, a three-continent, three-team, three-haunted uh, place event. And we had uh, a team in Australia, a team in England, and we were in the... Break Mansion, and we and we uh, simulcast it all on the uh, internet, which was, you know, simply amazing. Wow. Well, yeah. let's uh, let's see if we can do that, something like that again. Uh, I have to tell you, a really one of my favorite stories in the paranormal is um, uh, a friend of Maureen's by the name of Molly Gibson, who happens to be a, uh, a young teenage writer. Uh, she was uh, helping us, her and Mike, uh, her husband at the time. And um, she she's written several young young books, including one of the characters, which is based on Maureen. But I locked her in the wine cellar in the dark, total darkness with the EVP thing. Oh, God, he's trying to scare the crap out of her again. But, and then I get on the radio and started telling her about these faces on the walls and stuff. She totally freaked. <laughs> <laughs> what a <funny>. sweetheart. <laughs> Isn't that awful? <laughs> Made for great TV, though. Well, she did. You know, the thing is, is that she did. I think not just because what you were saying, but I think that she was feeling something around her, which made it even worse. Um, especially with the lights out, and we're watching her like on infrared, and we could see everything. You know, the way she's sitting there, and and it just it was it was pretty uh, unnerving. So I can understand why she jumped a bit. I it didn't bother me a bit. I'm sure. That wine cellar was was fascinating. Uh, did you notice the uh, stone roof, the big stone slabs for the roof mm-hmm. of the the ceiling of that? So yes. maybe that's holding some kind of energy in it. But um, yeah, that was a, an interesting room. <laughs> Don't know of too many people who would want to be locked in there in the dark. Hey, not Van Helsing. He fears nothing. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> But anyway, uh, we're actually running out of time, Linda. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You've been awesome. Your website is? Ghostinvestigator.com. And hopefully my webmaster will put it back up again. <laughs> Even though you don't recipient all links, that's fine. I will have a links page sometime <laughs> this decade. <laughs> so, Linda, thank you so much for coming Thanks, on. Thanks, Linda. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun, as always. And stay in touch. And will do. Take uh-huh. care. Yep, yep, bye-bye. 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 Well, that's another show down the tube. Another show down the tubes? Yep. All right. Thanks for getting me out of my doldrums. You know, I was all talked out, but I appreciate it. You uh, spurned me on. No problem. I think it is amazing. Yeah, I like her. Uh, We're definitely going to do something. Anyways, uh, once again, don't forget, Friday night, go down to the Concord Colonial, register, and come for our thing. So, good night and God bless. Good night and God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bumping.